just the way I'm wired. But then I watch the news. And you know what that'll do to you. Sometimes I just can't see it. And you hear the story and think, well, at times it can be tough. The world is volatile at best. It seems that it's always something. We were at our grandson's birthday party yesterday in Nashville. So proud of Taylor and Stephanie and the friends they've chosen were gathered from church mostly were Christian kids, and they had their kids with them. It was a wonderful day of celebration, but I couldn't help for, to think about one of the couples over there that you prayed for whose baby was born and lived an hour. We got to meet them. There's, there's just always something. In the middle of every celebration, there seems to be reason to kind of think, oh my, because something has touched people you love and people you know. Life can be tough. I read the story a long time ago and I've always remembered about two boys that loved to pester a rodeo bull. You know, young boys would do silly things and the bull was in its pasture and the boys would come, one would go on one side of the fence of the field and one would go the other and they would try to see which one could distract him and who could go further into the field. And when the bull charged at one, the other would try to get his attention and it just became a game until they found a sinkhole in the middle of the field and then the, the game was run to the sinkhole and just barely beat the bull. And so one would get at the fence and yell at the bull, the other would run and yell at the bull, they would try to see who could get to the sinkhole. One of them barely missed being gored by the bull and got to the sinkhole and the bull standing there and the boy jumped right out. And he stands on the edge and the bull comes at him and he jumps right in and jumps right out. And his friend said, I'm going to stay in the hole. He said, I can't stay in the hole. There's snakes in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> you know the feeling? That, that sometimes it, it feels that well, there's just always something. Today we're going to talk about the good news for tough times, no matter what to see on the news. Let's pray for that. Father, thank you for your word, for the strength and peace that it gives us, no matter what is happening in the world. Thank you for the family that I saw yesterday that was able to go to a life celebration for a child after, well, after theirs didn't make it. Thank you for giving us courage for the day ahead and for the certainty of our faith. Make it strong if we rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't often read from the book of Lamentations. But I understand at times the thoughts that are expressed. We begin in Lamentations chapter 3. I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. He has led me into darkness, shutting out all light. He's turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He's made my skin and flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. He has buried me in a dark place like those long dead. He has walled me in. I cannot escape. He has bound me in heavy chains. And though I cry and shout, he has shut out my prayers. He has blocked my way with a high stone wall. He's made my road crooked. 
He is hidden like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. He has dragged me off the path and torn me in pieces, leaving me helpless and devastated. He has drawn his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He shot his arrows deep into my heart. My own people laugh at me all day long. They sing their mocking song. He's filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. He's made me chew on gravel. He has rolled me into dust. Peace has been stripped away. I forgot what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. That's not your normal morning devotion, is it? I'm glad to keep you here today to hear from the Lamb of I'll tell you why I did that. It began in person. Thomas Obadiah Chisholm. Thomas was born in a log cabin in Kentucky in 1866, right at the end of the Civil War. And he began to teach school. He was very brilliant. He began to teach school at the age of 16. He became a Christian in his late 20s. But he was in bad health most of the time. And he couldn't keep a job because he missed so much. He bounced around from teaching to selling insurance to preaching. A great deal of ups and downs. Maybe more downs than us. Tough times. So why do you think Thomas Obadiah Chisholm is remembered? Do you think he did a horrific crime? A horrible deed? Does that name ring a bell to you? Thomas Obadiah Chisholm is known today for being a poet and a hymn writer. Living for Jesus, you know that one? Written by Thomas Chisholm. Great is thy faithfulness, Thomas Obadiah Chisholm. His favorite scripture motivated him. His favorite scripture from Lamentations, chapter 3. Let me read you the rest that led him to write the great hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. We just read verses 1 to 18, beginning at verse 19. That's with the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I'll, I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still bear that hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. When we are in tough times, like Thomas Obadiah Chisholm, we all have our stories. We have a choice. We can look at the bad situation, or we can look to God. The God whose love never ends, who is always faithful. I once overheard a conversation between two men. One asked the other, how are you doing? And the other one said, well, I'm okay under the circumstances. And the first man replied, what are you doing under there? <laughs> Sometimes we get under there. Sometimes the circumstances just put us there. People do this all the time. They stay under the circumstances. And circumstances can rob us of God if we are not careful. I'm so proud of Laura being here today. 
me to Psalm 121. It's on the screen if you want to look at it there. Familiar words, let's go through them. I will lift up my eyes to the hills when good to come. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He'll preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and coming in from this time forth and forever. Not the psalm picture a traveler or a pilgrim going on a journey. If you know the story of the Good Samaritan, you know the journeys could be tough. And often travelers were jumped by bandits who were probably hiding in the hills. If you've seen enough westerns, and you probably have, you know that ambushes often come from higher ground from the hills. And this traveler is scared. Times are tough. And the question is asked, from whence comes my help? Where is my help? Look up to the hills. Where's the help coming from? The world asked that very question today. Where's our help coming from? Some seek answers in government. Some seek answers in science. Some seek answers in finance. Some seek answers in technology. Some seek answers in military might. But the answer is in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord, maker of heaven and earth, we know everything to be that. Walk outside tonight and look at the heavens and realize God made that. We must remember always that the creator of this world is watching over us. He is there for us and he can do anything. Psalm 121, the first part of verse 3, He will not allow your foot to be moved. With God is your protector, you may stagger, but you will not Another falling like flies, the man of God who stands for God will not fall. The same thing is said in Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that come upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He'll keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Now the rest of Psalm 121, beginning with the second part of verse 3. Because of some puzzling verses at the end of the he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil and he shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. We know God's on the job 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. But the verses that you read and you wonder about to me are verses 7 and 8. The Lord shall preserve you from evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The Hebrew word here for preserve means keep, so God will keep you from evil. When you read that, you might be thinking, you know what? I've had all sorts of evil happen to me. What about the couple you saw in Nashville yesterday, David? What about the 
people on this prayer list. But what about the people on the news, the Christians that are being beheaded, tortured around this world? What does that mean? What does it mean when it says the Lord will preserve you from all evil to preserve your soul? The Lord will preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I've got stories that seem to contradict that, you might say. <coughs> the word evil here does not refer to the evil done to us. After all, evil was done to Jesus, wasn't it, as they nailed him to a cross? What this is referring to, and this will turn a lot of I'll let you think about this for this This is referring to the evil done by us, not to us. By us. God promises that if we follow Him and serve Him and obey Him, that He will preserve you from all evil. Not happening to you, but you doing it. Isn't that true in your life? The closer you get to God, the less you do those things. He will never lead us 